The views and opinions expressed on Red Planet are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect those of Red Planet nor any affiliated or related entities. This podcast is provided for educational purposes only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Red Planet. This week, Mule and Sophie chat about the differences between mobilization and organization, and how both are necessary to achieve social and political goals. We also take a look at what's going on with the military coup in Nigeria, an activist cell declaring war on weapons manufacturers, and unionizing efforts undertaken by visual effects artists. But first, Sophie might need to drink a glass of water. So I said, uh, so I said to her, don't worry about the, the color, that's just because of the monster energy. Mule, are you muted? Are you muted during my yes, call over? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm so trying to sorry. I'm so I tried funny to, right now. I I'm trying to, to stunlock Mule, but he's stunlocked himself. Uh, I, tried to, I tried to unmute the thing, but I nearly turned my computer off. It's Red Planet, everybody! Whoa, we're in, we're <laughs> in. How's it going? Why well, wasn't that a funny cold open from Sophie? She's sure great. It was so organic. We're definitely having real conversations before the we start were, of the show. We were, we were. We were, Always, we were. every single time. It's true, I lied. It's not a cold <laughs> open, It's we were just talking. Um, it's the show where we talk about really, really cool base stuff. Uh, mm. I'm your host, DJ Mule, and this is Sophie from Mars. Sophie from Mars, what I want to know is what's the most base thing you did this week? That's actually pretty easy because I finally, finally fucking released this video after two years. Uh, yeah. The world is not ending. It's finally out there. You can go watch it. Everyone should go watch it. It's two hours and 20 minutes long, so it's okay if it takes you, it takes you a while to watch it. Uh, even if you watch it just regular, right? Two hours and 20 minutes, that's a while. Don't worry about it. Uh, If you want to watch it with commentary, Mule and I are going to be doing a stream together tomorrow watching it. So that's going to be fun. Um, I have a second most based thing though, because I I know people know that I released the video. So I'll just say, I also have been getting involved with a a little tenancy struggle. I can't really give some, I can't, can't really give details right now. But um, it's in the late stages of it, so it might involve like might involve some some funky shenanigans. I don't know how much I'll ever be able to say about this later, but you know, it's definitely inspired uh, thoughts for this week's topic, which we'll get to in a bit. But first, I want to know, Mule, what's the most base thing you did this week? Thank you, Sophie. Uh, well, the most base thing I did this week was, um, yeah, just sort of more tenants organizing. Really, um, it's just so weird. It's like this. This has just become such a, a regular normal thing for me and i'm not boasting this isn't a brag it's just like you know every now and then i'll see someone complaining about the landlord on instagram and i'll be like Mm. hey did you know you don't have to put up with that we can help you it's just it's just as simple as that sometimes you know and and, you know like i was speaking to someone today um and she's a friend of a friend and uh you know just hearing about like oh okay you know the landlord is asking for like an absurd amount of money for for seemingly no reason and it's like well it's just really important to tell that person that there is no need to pay it's 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 completely you know Best. you know it's it, they're asking for like illegal money it's not in the tenancy agreement they're just trying to get Fuck as much hell. as they can out of you you know this is the kind of stuff that happens and it's like yeah you know like just telling people that stuff can be really valuable even if it is not a full sort of sit down right let's write everything down let's get some action sorted kind of thing because a lot of the time 
people and again like sophie says we're gonna we're gonna be talking about this more later on people mm. need to be mobilized a lot mm -hmm. of the time as mm -hmm. well as organized mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. process is you know it's it's slow it's different it's um it's complicated sometimes but you know and you always have to find the right people for it so it's yeah but we're going to be talking in depth about this later on. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I won't touch too much on that now. But, uh, yeah, that's the most based thing that I did this week. Um, and, Sophie, I believe we have a based viewer. We do, actually. Actually, we have lots of based viewers, Neil. But uh, this week we want to talk about one in particular, uh, Robin. And that's in quotes. I'm just reading out the notes here. That's in quotes. So I don't know if they're really called Robin. Anyway, Robin. Robin. Uh, it says, a department, department store near me recently started having an armed security guard wearing a plate carrier stopping everyone as they leave to check their receipts and mark them with a highlighter. Horrible. Cringe. Fuck that. Awful. Cringe. Uh, people were lined up to get out of the store with the stuff they'd bought. So I walked past him and told him I'm not doing that. He tried to follow me for a few steps, but then just gave up. Another person congratulated me when I got out. I hope it helped the other people around me feel a bit more empowered and helped the security guard feel impotent um retail stores have been increasingly resembling little dystopias for a while now and i hope they're starting to overreach to the point that more people notice it and push back thankfully they're not yet using actual police for this stuff uh yeah i mean absolutely that's uh, well this is um you know mule i pointed this out to you when you were down but like we were in big tesco they've got those like screens on like the the aisle that has the sweets in because like we you love know, those big tvs literally because yeah. kids might be the ones like who might shoplift that they're trying to threaten kids right overall the tills there's just like a sea of security cameras just like dense with it it's like there's a like there's a a swarm of flies over all the checkouts yeah. um so much security it's absolutely crazy and it's like it's shit like that when i see it and i'm like oh wow is this the are we going into like the the bust of capitalism's boom and bust that we're just not going to come back out of like is this the is this the big one we're just installing like uh dudes in in riot gear in every big tesco fucking hell um anyway Vile. that is a pretty Vile. that's a that's a lovely little story of um uh, everyday anti-fascism yeah. uh we want to know what base things you've been doing so you can message us on twitter instagram or tiktok or send an email to based at redplanetshow.com include your name and pronouns if you want uh, and we may sh shout it out in a later episode like we just did for robin um but the, but there's some news we want to talk about um actually quite a bit of news uh so the first one the first uh segment is actually for me to read so i'm going to tell you a little bit about niger uh which has been um technically independent of france for a while but as as uh, lots are quick to point out um has ba has basically had its leader uh installed and picked by france uh the entire time it's been independent um it is one one of many examples of modern colonialism by france and africa um it should always be remembered on top of uh, all the ways that uh macron is shit domestically and is now you know uh finding out after fucking around um that he's also uh like colonial power right the dude is the dude is literally uh running colonies in africa it's awful um so uh yeah there's been a coup there was a coup on the 26th of july um in niger uh led by a man called general chiani um and he installed himself as the country's leader now uh this is a military hunter um we we probably could do better to to cover more of this kind of stuff happening uh in our news regularly but this one is particularly like 
it's it's barely being talked about except in terms that are really really um polarized one way or the other um because uh, a lot of western media is talking about it like uh this is definitely completely awful i mean it is a military coup so uh but you know then they aren't talking about france's historic and modern role uh in colonialism in the in in the region right um the ecowas which is the economic community of western african states um is basically um you know a small a small organized block in the region um and they've uh they gave the coup leaders a deadline to uh like communicate with them or else face face military intervention the france uh france and the us have also like uh threatened to be involved in this um but the uh the the reason that uh it first came to our attention is the the seeming uh, anti-colonial nature of this like it's it's explicitly trying to throw off france's influence in the region uh because niger mali and burkina faso are um allied in this uh specifically resisting against france so that's you know that's the very interesting side of it um very bizarre side of it is the the wagner group uh are apparently in the region uh and their leader prigozhin uh tried to claim credit for the for the coup in general he said this shows the effectiveness effectiveness of wagner a thousand wagner fighters are able to restore order and destroy terrorists preventing them from harming the civilian population of states um I mean, yeah. this is this is <laughs> this is unconfirmed. We don't know. Uh, it's all, there, yeah. there, there, there have clearly been talks between um, Chiani and the the Wagner group as well. So it's like, um, is it actually anti-colonial? Uh, time will tell because it could be that they, uh, you know, uh, they they're being backed by uh, Russian powers apparently right. in a twist, which would be the opposite. Obviously, the opposite of base, but like the opposite of like you know what what kind of if that is happening if that's if that's the actual sort of involvement then you know is this an attempt at russia to expand its lack of colonial power we know that putin is like um, right you know been on record equally wanting to you know expand russia's imperialist interests and stuff like that right sure 100 percent. equally uh the wagner group as i was just saying to you before the show like i think it's so much fucking kayfabe like their entire coup is just a pro wrestling plotline, utter, utter like manufactured nonsense. Um, so, like, is it them just trying to project power in the region? We will see. The time will tell. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you want to tell me about the UCI World Championship? Uh, yeah. So basically, um, we've had a bunch of expansions of uh, climate change based activism here in the uk it's mm-hmm. just been popping off not just in the uk but all over um the uh all over the world and uh, this is rigged particularly um the activists from this is rigged uh, recently have uh, gotten in the way of a men's road race which is the uh, uci cycling world championships uh, it was mm. hosted in scotland this time uh, edinburgh to glasgow route was blocked west of falkirk um, it was it, it happened on a narrow stretch of the B eighteen uh, near what's called the Karen Valley Reservoir. Uh, so the police have obviously gone ahead and um, you know jumped right in with uh, some uh, horrific arrests of, of peaceful protesters. You know, no one's no one's doing anything remotely out of uh, I don't know harm of uh, mm-hmm. 
Well, well, that, that you know, no one's harming anyone. Essentially, no one, you know, when, no one's like uh, taking out any bikes. No one's like throwing wheels in the spokes of these incredibly fast cyclists. That's not happening, yeah. you know. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it's just kind of been interrupted. These guys got on the road, and and that's that basically. Mm. Um, so there are a couple of statements um, from people who I think are pretty cringe. Um, we got one from. Um, Oh, rigged like an oil rig. I got it. Sorry. Yeah, just, just, this is it, this is rigged. Okay, yeah, got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> it's also it's like they're they're interrupting a cycling race, right? So I'm like, the race? No. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but no. So um, someone called Graham Simpson from the uh, Scottish Conservatives Net Zero uh, and Transport Department. He's a, he's a spokesman for that department. Uh, says this was a dangerous act of disruption, which put both the protesters and athletes in this race at risk. Uh, it's utterly nonsensical for a group which claims to stand for environmental protection to target an event promoting active green travel like cycling, and it raises a huge question mark about this publicity-seeking group's true motives. Uh, well, it doesn't, Graham. Actually, what it what it what it does. Is, is that what draw. he actually sounds like? That's fantastic. Um, yeah, sure. Um, and um, you know, it's not though, is it, Graham? It's not. What it actually is doing is drawing attention uh, to this group who are quite rightly saying, uh, "Why the fuck are you sat there just watching a bunch of people cycle around in Scotland? The world is ending. Um, well, it's not ending, but it's getting shit, <laughs> and and climate change is happening. Can we not? Can we do something about that? So that's what's happened, isn't it, Graham? So yeah, uh, very very cool as always. You know, um, this this is just like very standard stuff that's going to keep happening. Um, you know, and things like this are, are gonna are gonna get uh, a bit more intense. You know, as things go on. Like I've I've recently mm. finished reading How to Blow Up a Pipeline, and mm. uh, you know the kind of stuff that it talks about in there, which to be to be frank, all, already happens all over the imperial periphery. You know, we're talking about uh, you know pipelines going through. Uh, countries in Africa, countries in the Middle mm. East where, mm. you know, rebellion groups have literally filled them with holes so many times um, mm. and they just can't repair it fast enough and shit like that. And, you know, stuff like this is only going to increase. And, you know, if, if, you, if, you, if you're annoyed with this, well, by, by golly, you're uh, not going to enjoy the stuff that's to come. It's um, just wild, so... all of the, like, uh, the, the SUV shit, right? The Land Rovers and stuff. Mm. Here in London, it's like, you know, I've been... Uh, I've been joking with Nat that traffic's looking more and more like uh, like Yerevan Armenia all the time because there are more and more Mercedes G-classes, like these huge black G-classes everywhere. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's just like who is buying SUVs to drive around London? And then yeah. and then and then so many people are just falling for this. Uh, I don't know. The reactionary British press is out of control, and uh, people are somehow buying the idea that everyone's entitled to a massive fucking SUV. It's completely vile, completely vile, and um, you know people in the imperial court—they just—they want their—they want their treats and they want their toys. Big treats, big toys, big jets, <laughs> uh, cruise ships. Those are the mm-hmm. worst. Pipelines, um, yeah, yeah, pipelines. They love a good pipeline, don't they? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we've got another pipeline story later, but um, where are we at? Uh, protests over province neglect. Yeah, do you want me to do this one? Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically, we there have been protests uh, surrounding three First Nations women who were living in Winnipeg, um, who were identified as victims of an alleged serial killer. Uh, this was back in May 2022, as I say. Um, but the um, 
the victims, uh, Mercedes Myron, Morgan Harris, and Rebecca, uh, sorry, Rebecca Contoy, um, were literally all killed around the same time. A guy called Jeremy uh, Skibicki uh, was charged with first-degree murder in connection with their deaths, although the bodies of Harris and Myron haven't been found. And this is what people have been protesting in Winnipeg. So protesters blocked the entrance to the Brady landfill uh, for nearly two weeks, calling on the government to search Prairie Green for the remains of those two women, Morgan Harris and Mercedes Myron, it's believed that that's where their remains are located. Um, so there has been just a huge amount of, um, um, you know, police inaction around this, as as there always is uh, surrounding um, you know, seemingly anyone who's, you know, not white, uh, being murdered or having anything of harm done to their communities. And uh, this is this is why people have really um you know just they're, they're just not standing for this anymore you know so uh protesters gathered at portage in maine uh mm-hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that's the, that's a intersection in uh winnipeg in thursday mm-hmm. afternoon they continued to call on the government to search the prairie green landfill uh and they uh, initiated a round dance at the at 2 p.m with a bunch of people showing up carrying in science carrying signs flags and drums some of the signs said we are not trash uh bring our women home and various other uh pretty based Pretty big mm. placards. Mm. Uh, they also painted a giant red dress in the middle of the intersection, a symbol for missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. So, uh, you know, here's calling on the County Council of Winnipeg or the, the local authority to, um, you know, do what's right. Um, we'll be paying attention to this as this goes on because um, in Canada, you know, specifically, there there are so many uh, instances of missing Indigenous children and uh, Indigenous women just absolutely awful history uh, yeah. of all kinds of genocide and eugenics. So, um, you know, hopefully some justice can be given uh, to the people in, uh, uh, you know, related and, and, and in, in their communities. Um, so, yeah, that's that. So we'll be uh, paying a, a attention to that as that goes on. Uh, but some comrades of the show have been uh, also well, doing some doing some stuff. I got I got to pull you up here uh, for legal reasons, uh, not comrades of the show. Um, oh right, okay. So um, uh, the comrades of the show you're referring to are Palestine Action, uh, who yes. we who uh, we interviewed Huda from the, the, the right. of Palestine Action. Uh, right. So uh, what has happened is uh, there 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 is now formed a Palestine Action underground cell. These people uh, work uh, towards the same goals as Palestine Action, but are not affiliated with them because right. uh, they have they have taken the decision to break the law. And as we hear on the on Red Planet, no, the law is the arbiter of all morality. Uh, so what they are doing, for the record, it's wrong. Now wrong. let's just let's just read a, a message uh, from uh, this group. Um, Actually, the, the the preceding paragraphs in this article are pretty pretty brief, so I may as well just read it directly. Um, on the morning of Wednesday, August 2nd, an autonomous cell called the George Habash Brigade flew a drone onto the roof of Leicester's Israeli weapons factory UAV tactical systems. Attached to the drone was a bag labeled with biohazard on it. This action was sent in anonymously on the 94th day of the declared siege against the military drone factory. It is the first part of a series of actions expected by the new Palestine Action Underground, made up of an autonomous groups across the country with the aim of, over, uh, of furthering the goal of ending the presence of Israeli weapons factories across Britain. Uh, over the coming days and weeks, Palestine Action Underground will be releasing new targets of firms which are complicit in sustaining the, the presence of Israel's weapons trade. Um, so that's, that's how Freedom Press have covered it. And then there's a communique uh, that was sent from the George Habash Brigade to Freedom Press. And I will read that uh, now. Uh, but, you know, it's important to remember 
uh, these people have, uh, have decided to break the law. So, so bad. So naughty. They're, they're so Stinky wrong. and bad. Don't do anything like this. Um, it has been suggested that the master's tools cannot dismantle the master's house. The George Habash Brigade is not so sure. On the 2nd of August, 2023, the George Habash Brigade undertook our first action against the Merchants of Death in Elbert's UAV tactical system site in Bronstone Town, Leicester. These criminals produce biohazards every day, which they proudly claim to be battle-tested on Palestinians. UAV Tactical Systems is the site of assembly in Britain for Elbit's murderous drone f- drone fleet, and so the GHB sent its own drone of liberation in the name of Gaza and Janine. Uh, we have breached the enemy's security with ease and thereby shown what we can do. Elbit should expect further action. The sky is no longer their domain alone. Unbelievably, our drone remains undisturbed, together with our present inside a biohazard bag elbert's arrogance is its undoing we will make a further statement in due course and will send this to palestine action the ghb salutes the palestinian resistance and follows their path the path of al-quds and liberation al-quds i think that is um we name ourselves after george habash the founder of the popular front for liberation of palestine and the hero of the palestinian communist movement and we took our first action on the anniversary of his birthday we hope to honor his name and his cause in the, pra- in the practice of real proletarian internationalism, both in our action today and all that is to come. The GHB has taken up the cause of Palestine action, the trailblazers of a new kind of resistance in the imperialist center. While we continue to admire the incredible advances of Palestine action, we recognize that a new form of underground resistance is now necessary. We identify ourselves with the movement of Palestine action underground, and we call on our friends and on all friends and comrades of the cause to form their own groups and take action as we have. We are all Palestine action. We call for the freedom of all Palestine action prisoners and all Palestinian political prisoners kept hostage in the jails of imperialism and Zionism. In particular, we demand the immediate release of, res- of the resisting prisoner, Walid Dakha, D-A-Q-Q-A-H. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Shut Elbert down, uh, join the underground, victory to the resistance, free Palestine, the George Habash Brigade. So that's, um, yeah, some some people who have taken up the cause of comrades of the show Palestine action. Um, and that's, I mean, that's, that's what more do you want? I told you. Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> I mean, we're good. We're just, again, you know, it's the motto of red planet. Um, we may not advocate for these actions, but more and more uh, people will simply start doing them um, as the inaction of the governments of the Imperial Corps is, uh, you know, com- continue to do nothing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those. And, uh, you know, would you, it, <laughs> if, if Elbit don't like it, then, you know, I don't know, maybe they should, I don't know, maybe they should get a, a different Stop job or something. Killing children. It, it, just, it seems that simple to me, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. And I believe I've got the next story. Yeah. Uh, speaking if, of killing children, uh, yeah, tell it. No, that's not the one. Um, <laughs> This is about uh Marvel movies. Uh this is this is the the time when Red Planet were breaching into the uh the movie business. We're going to start some Red Planet movie reviews where we get everything wrong um and we'd say that movies are too woke. No, that's not really happening. We're talking about Marvel visual effects artists uh, a super majority 
of them have voted to unionize. So very exciting. Uh, the official International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees VFX chapter, uh, their Twitter, the union Twitter has announced that uh, visual effects crews at Marvel have finally petitioned to demand union recognition from the studio. On Monday, a group of more than 50 employees filed a petition for an election uh, to be represented by the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, IATSE, um, with the National Labor Relations Board. Uh, as most people who follow any kind of movies or any popular movies or anything like that know, uh, Marvel's movies have mostly significantly pulled in millions of dollars in profit. For example, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, sung with unexpected venom uh, at the box office, uh, surpassing financial expectations to arrive as 2023's first blockbuster movie. Um, despite all the negative press surrounding the movie, they pulled in uh, $120 million just in North America alone, and then I think made two hundred thirty million dollars uh, gross. So that's all over the world after the uh, international release. And this is just a common happening with with. And that's you know this is one of Marvel's worst advertised movies. Like not not even trying, uh, and they managed to you know make a profit. It's it's one of those right. And this is impossible. The 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 kind of movie making uh, that Marvel engages in, you know action, superhero hijinks. It's only possible with the labor of hundreds of CGI visual effects artists. You'll know if you've watched any kind of film, um, you know, where there's a bunch of CGI in it, you'll just see hundreds of names all you know, just sort of crammed into the same credits, like normally, like this, this is how much visual effects artists are like, um, actually like, you know, uh, valued in the, in the, in the, the whole movie making industry. They're just sort of crammed all in this one credit. There are always at least like a hundred in there. And I guarantee there's going to be like unnamed people who like jumped in on the project. They, you know, it didn't work out. They didn't get paid in the end or whatever. So, you know, there's going to be people whose unpaid labor is in there. Um, all this kind of stuff. So it's about time CGI VFX artists are, you know, Voting to, to get unionized, voting to, uh, to get recognized for their labor. Uh, so for almost half a century, workers in the visual effects industry have been denied the same protections and benefits their co-workers and crewmates have relied upon since the beginning of the Hollywood film industry. VFX organizer uh, for IATSE, Mark Patch, said in a statement, This is a historic first step for VFX workers coming together with a collective voice demanding respect for what we do. Uh, underappreciated visual effects professionals have been unable to claim benefits such as paid overtime, healthcare, and have been at the mercy of pronounced labor shortages and managers' unrealistic deadlines despite the workers' increasing indispensability within popular culture. You know, they don't have, um, you know, uh, the sort of like limits on overtime. They don't have uh, deadlines. They just, you know what I mean? It's like, get this done now or you're fucked. So, you know, no notice changes, all this kind of stuff. Um, and they don't have a say in how that affects their workload or family life or home life or anything like that. It's completely fucked. Um, so the workers are asking uh, for the election to be held as early as August 21st. So that's in um, just uh, about a week. So yeah, about like a week and a day. So uh not this Monday, not tomorrow, but the, the Monday after. So Red Planet will be keeping an eye on this. Um, good luck and solidarity from us over here at Red Planet. Uh, but finally, we have uh, some news from our sweet Sophie about uh, Planet Over Profit. Yeah, uh, Planet Over Profit and Appalachians Against Pipelines. Um, fun bit of uh, for, 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 for how to blow up a pipeline enjoyers. Uh, fun bit of 
footage of some protesters shutting down works uh, for the Mountain Valley Pipeline in uh, Virginia that's you know, uh, due to go through Virginia and West Virginia. Uh, I think about 300 miles of pipeline that the Biden administration has uh, pushed through the Supreme Courts recently. Um, Supreme Court, circuit courts, whatever it is, uh, all all the all the courts, whatever. Um, basically, there was a there was a legal challenge uh, saying, "Hey, yo, don't disturb uh, some of America's most famous uh, natural uh, wildlife and landscapes to make yet another oil pipeline, uh, and also maybe think about the environment." And uh, the court was like, "Hell yeah, dollars! Hell yeah, money, money!" uh wait did you say something about the environment i don't care um so some protesters from uh yeah planet over profit and uh appalachians against pipelines uh have uh, managed to yeah uh, shut down works at least temporarily um so that's uh interesting we'll we'll see if it more unfolds there uh as i this is you know uh this particular construction is quite unpopular and uh this kind of thing has kicked off in the past uh, snowballed and led to lots more people getting involved. Yeah, uh, great. That does it for the for the for the news this week. So uh, with that, uh, me and Sophie are here to speak to you this week about organizing and mobilizing. Mm. Um, now, listeners of the show will know about a particular guy. I would hope you'd know about him. Um, his name was Kwame Ture, or might still mm-hmm. be Kwame Ture. I'm not sure if he's still alive. But, oh, no, he um, didn't. Okay. But uh, he was uh, a fantastic uh, comrade and a great motivational speaker. Um, and he often uh, spoke about organizing versus uh, mobilizing. And so I guess um, the the introduction to this bit should just kind of be a primer on both, you know, just in case anyone just doesn't really know. Right? Yeah. Um, so we're going to play this clip as well, which is uh, Kwame Tori. Becoming conscious is linked to mobilization and organization, something we mentioned last year. We must make clear distinctions between mobilizers and organizers. To be an organizer, you must be a mobilizer. But being a mobilizer doesn't make you an organizer. Much confusion is to be found here. Malcolm X was a great mobilizer. He was a great organizer. Martin Luther King was a great mobilizer. He was not a great organizer. These facts can be easily seen from King and Malcolm. When Malcolm went to a place, he left a mosque. When King went to demonstrations, he broke down desegregation and he moved on. As a matter of fact, King was not concerned with organization to the point that even though he was the most popular Baptist preacher in America, without the shadow of a doubt, and probably beyond the shadow of a doubt, the most loved, he could not become president of the Baptist National Baptist Association Convention. Yeah, so many of them. The National Baptist Convention. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if my memory serves me correctly now, and I remember it was Mohammed Speaks that uh, carried the article on the front page in 1964 when King tried to become president of the National Baptist Convention, there was so much confusion there that a minister was actually put, pushed off the stage and died in his trouble. Yeah. And of course, King lost. The man who won was a reactionary man by the name of Jackson. 
He never did nothing for the people, never cared about the people, just was a pork chop minister who used their money to put gas in his big Cadillac. But he was organized. But he was organized. We say that we must come to know the difference between mobilization and organization because the enemy will use mobilization to demobilize us. Mobilization is very easy. Very, very easy. Because since we're people who are instinctively ready to respond against acts of injustice, anytime there's one little act of injustice, we can blow it up and we'll find people who come and make some mass demonstration around it. Miss Sally lost a job. Let's rally. She'll get a job back. People will come and rally. So-and-so got kicked out of school because the teacher's unjust. The unjust. The people will come and rally. They will come to rally at issues. And this is what mobilization does. It mobilizes people around issues. Those of us who are revolutionary are not concerned with issues. We're concerned with the system. The difference must be properly understood. The difference must be properly understood. Mobilization usually leads to reform action, not to revolutionary action. If we would look scientifically at the October 16th million and more march, we would see clearly that this was a mobilized event, not an organized event. We must know clearly the difference between mobilization and organization. One of the characteristics of mobilization is that it is temporary. Organization is permanent and eternal. Clear differences must be made because the unconscious can usually be captured easily around one-issue items, around mobilization items, but it's hard to catch them around organization. But these unconscious must be brought to organization. We must transform mobilization to organization. We say the enemy will come and use mobilization to demobilize us. Many brothers and sisters who've been to the Million and More March will say to you, I was there. Well, what are you doing today, my sister? I was there. There weren't too many sisters out there, but you know, with a million brothers together, you know where I had to be. I was there. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, you find brothers. Yeah, I was there. I was there. I helped you. What are you doing today, brother? If we're not careful, we allow mobilization to become events. The struggle is never an event. It's a process, a continual, eternal process. That is just the very sort of basic primer importance on the different difference between organizing and mobilizing. We've titled this episode Organizing versus Mobilizing. Neil, have you um, seen that one before? Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. I'll just yeah, make yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and, one of my favorite um, primer talk books. He's so good. He's yeah, incredible. Like uh yeah, what a guy. Um <laughs> but uh the so, you know, the, the key point is, is what he was saying there. You know, we've called this episode organizing versus mobilizing, but it's not mm. really organizing is better than mobilizing or, or vice versa. It's more mm. what will happen if you simply mobilize right. or if you simply organize. Right. Because, <clears throat> I, you know, the, the, the bare bones of it would be um, if you're organizing without um, mobilizing, you have a very good spreadsheet. Right, but no, but no comrades, right? Right. Or but, like you and your comrades, you all figured out exactly what roles you're going to have in the your vanguard party. You know, you do some yeah. proper more pin shit. 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. You, the, and, the, you're, the, and you're not changing anyone's material circumstances. Right. So it's it's about like how effective is the organizing that you're doing? What is it based mm-hmm. in? You know, mm-hmm. what what are you fundamentally mm-hmm. standing for? Are you going to mm-hmm. laser focus on that? Are you going to be a multi-issue organizing? Right. Um, organization because that that is that's going to make things a bit more difficult um especially in terms of mobilizing like you know what what Ture said is is really pertinent i think like we mobilize around issues right Mm. so um that's why gmtu great manchester tenants union we focus on housing because housing is an issue it affects everybody it's very obvious to everybody what we're doing as an organization if we just right. say right we are we are trying we are trying to get people to 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 protest about the awful housing rights the, you know the, the system that exists in the uk and we're also trying to empower people in an organized manner right um and that's not to say that it's very easy to mobilize we have famously well not famously but famously within the union had um a bunch of like um you know, certain events where we've wanted to do like a big protest and not too many people have turned up and, mm. you know, you, you really have to like have something extra, right? You have to have a good communication with your um, organization. You have to have like a really sort of like important. And I, and I think that's why a lot of unions that you see like a, that are very successful have like a Mick Lynch character or a, um, sure. What was the one from the UCU? I can't remember a name, Louise something or other. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, a, a spokesperson that, that is there to be like, you know, I'm going to do the Twitter update today for what's going on with the strikes. Uh, mm. This is what we're up to. This is what the union have, uh, voted for. The members have said, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because that gets people interested. It reminds them that it exists. Yeah. That's why it's important to have a comms officer, right? This is. Yeah, this for is, sure. This for is sure, for sure, for sure, for sure a huge thing um and a lot of people sometimes just think that like a comms officer is like well we're doing the 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 social media for the union but actually it's more about communicating in between the different areas of the union so you might have like uh you know the central committee and then outside you've got different branches that are like you know trying to um you know basically synchronize watches on 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 a various mm-hmm. different various different kinds of things um and that's why it's called the comms officer because you're communicating sure. those things to each other sure. right so that's that's like organizing and mobilizing sort of built into to one sort of role kind I, of thing right one i thought i had that i wanted to i think it helps helps make the distinction for people is like um, when you think about protests, sure. When you think about people calling them demonstrations, right? We're demonstrating for this thing. It's like, what's the what's the point of demonstrating? It's 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 like demonstrating military power. In, in fact, it's very similar because, like, when people get together to protest, they are demonstrating their their people power. They're saying like, this many of us are mad about this, and if you don't do what we like, we're gonna fuck shit up. Uh, and it's you know, again, mobilizing can be used to immobilize us. Like like uh, like he was saying in the clip, it's. it's um we we now show up and demonstrate and there's no implicit threat right we we there's no there's no follow through like we we're, we're demonstrating our people power and then they the you know the government passes the bill anyway or or like you know or not or, or the thing we wanted to change doesn't change or whatever and and it's like we've not we've failed to demonstrate anything because we didn't follow through on what we said we were demonstrating but my, my point moreover is that this is more obviously mobilizing because it's literally 
people are literally mobilized, right? They, they, they were in one place, they're in a different place. But like um, a strike too, right, is mobilizing because getting pe- that it's getting people to take an action, right? And then also like in, in uh, terms of like a tenants union, um, sometimes you get people to phone blockade like, uh, a landlord or an estate agent right they 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 make the phones ring constantly uh but it's all it's all people from the union being like why are you a balland um rather than we do like, literally say that we actually yeah, just like... turn up and be like why are you a dick why are you being yeah. a dickhead bro yeah, yeah stop being a dickhead um and uh but this is this is mobilization too even though no, you know nobody's going anywhere but they're taking action um and it's like the, there is a at a, 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 a microscopic level organizing that's involved in this right inarguably you organize people will do this at this time and they'll make the calls and here's what the number is and get these into the chats and you're saying about the comms officer you know making sure the right information is getting around all of this stuff right um and that is an those are organizational skills but they're all in service of mobilizing and yes. there's so much organizing that must happen to make an organization and to make a movement and to make uh, uh you know uh, a, a a little bubble of society or whatever like whatever whatever you're trying to whatever system of people you're trying to create so much organizing is required and you know a lot of people do this organizing implicitly right this was a point that i made in the video we'll watch it tomorrow meal but like you know about reproductive labor and care labor that like um often falls to women like a lot of this is is implicit for um social relations is like how people are organized right like if you're say my mom just had her second hip replacement right and we've been organizing we've been you know arranging in our family like who can visit her and when to take care of her and help her get around and help her get practice walking with her new hip right um that is an organization of labor um all these kinds of skills are practiced every day by by all sorts of people. Um, but to but to use these same skills in service of like growing something bigger, turning something into an, an effective organization that properly changes people's material conditions um, is really, really invisible. Like really doesn't people don't see it the same way that they see um a strike, a protest, whatever. Right. Uh, a direct action. <clears throat> and I think the, the, see main... the same way they see mobilizing. Correct. And I think the main reason for that is because then, you know, if, if, if the, I think a great example is like, this is rigged and the awful yeah. nasal, um, you know, conservative spokesperson that was sure. pooing their action and blah, blah, blah. Sure. So the reason that he, is doing that is because the organizing that goes behind um, this is rigged doesn't necessarily have an effect right now, right? And in fact, the effects that it will have right now, like a lot of sort of climate-based degrowth, you know, if we're blocking, um, you know, uh, uh, oil from being produced, then it's like, okay, well, that might affect something down the supply chain somewhere and maybe someone won't get, um, you know, an order of chicken packaged properly or something like that. Cause they don't have the oil to make the plastic or whatever, but like, you know, the, the, that is, that is why I think it gets so easily poo pooed because if you were going to, if you're going to attack um, a tenants union, for example, it would be like, well, what, what does the tenants union do? Oh, well it, it helps people fight against dodgy landlords. 
you can't really, do you know what I mean? There's not really so that you can't have that much bad press associated with that. Most people mm. who watch the news are going to be renting, right? Mm. And mm. especially with mm. the way that rent is going at the minute, you're not going to have anyone sat there going, well, actually, I think the person who owns my property is very good and they deserve it. They deserve to treat me like a rube and a piece of shit, um, like I'm worse than vomit on the bottom of their shoe. Um, you know, it, it, it's just not like it happens for sure. Like some people do, you know, fall for the, the brainwashing like that. But a lot Daily of the time, people, readers, yeah. right. But a lot of the time, people are just kind of like, well, that sounds pretty good. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe yeah, I'll yeah, get exactly. in touch with them. So exactly. you, you, you have, it, I think that's the, the key point, right? What you said, that you have to have something that fundamentally changes the mm. material conditions of people because mm. like a great example would be, um, of of uh, uh mobilizing without it, it's it's annoying because it, it is technically organizing and mobilizing but nothing fundamentally changes and stuff like that is like um what do they call it go to, uh, canvassing for right. the labor party for example right right you can, yeah you can, you can get something that everybody's brain is already plugged into in the matrix right. it's like just vote and everything will be better right even sure. though all the policies are the same and nothing will fundamentally change and everybody really knows this but you vote and you get out the, the worst they're definitely worse even though they're the same um but you vote for them and anyway you see where i'm going with this but anyway yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. why it's so that's why it's so like the, the organization that that's being helped is the to try party. and protest the government and be like, hey, do something differently. And it's like, what power have you, what power have you organized together to make them do it? You right. know, what have right. you actually like, why should they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, a yes. hundred people show up in Parliament Square, or a thousand people, or ten thousand, a hundred thousand? What, like, you know, at what point is it enough people? uh that the government you know takes it seriously that they're that they that they might actually be um you know might actually have to be forced to listen to people right um this isn't going to achieve anything um unless they were just already kind of amenable to it (laughs) right you know and let's let's reference and also go a bit deeper on what kwame tori was saying Mm. when malcolm x went somewhere he left a mosque. Oh, right. right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And this that's is community. That's community. That's structures permanent. coming together. Right. And even if it wasn't structures, sometimes they would just get buildings and they would get money given to mm. the nation of Islam by uh, members and they would buy a property or rent a property at least and be mm. like, this is our mosque or is it at least mm. our base of activities in this area until mm-hmm. we get such resources that we can get more mm-hmm. donations mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. build a mosque. So it's it's that kind of like permanent um mark on the because because it's one thing um you know giving out some leaflets in an area and it's another thing being um an institution that's been there for 5 years, right? Yeah, um, right. Cuz it's like if you if you imagine what's involved in in setting up a new mosque in an area right it's like there has to be a community who comes together there has to be money to do it there has to be um well yeah like you say it doesn't necessarily have to be that they physically build it but you know there, there has to be a location there has to be approval from a council there's there's again so much invisible to make something as significant as that happen and it's yes. like mobilization on its own uh couldn't achieve a thing like that either right uh, Absolutely. Ag- again unless it was just on a, such a huge huge scale like if sure if 
five million people were like, you should make a mosque at this address, <laughs> then the government might do it. But like, um, but that that's a crucial difference as well, is that mobilization is uh, in like, you know, physics terms. It's like there's t- tons of energy just like zipping around, right? So much energy yeah. has to be expanded, uh, expended for, pe- for, for people to mobilize, but for people to organize, like they're forming the like structures of their energy their energy is putting being put in this way in this direction yes. steadily and stably constantly in the long becomes, term until it becomes um completely uh, you yeah. know it's part of the social fabric and right. you know a great a great example of that would be comrades of the show gaskell garden project yeah um, me and sophie went to the gaskell garden project yeah. and just and it worked yeah you know it's just a really beautiful place to just like be and hang out mm-hmm. and um you know the people that, that that work there and and you know do the the, the planting and the classes and all that kind of stuff like it, it's mm. just really really nice and the thing is is that most people in manchester who are you know organizing summer events and they are involved in unions or they're involved in any kind of like leftist organizing they know the Gaskell Garden Project and they know Dan who was on the show they know him and you know he's a big part of the community in South Manchester in Hume and stuff like that and um you know he is very smart in that regard like they're having these like permanent places um where things are just kind of happening and obviously it's not just Dan it's it's the whole it's everybody involved in the Gaskell Garden Project and uh Dan is also doing something similar in um well the tenants union the branches have, have got something you know they've got like a, a physical place where they go every month to organize and that is literally like you know that kind of um very important permanent social fabric building um yeah. but dan is also doing this thing in in harpe and what and another of our uh staff members thursa they're going and they're making a cafe and not just a cafe but a cafe where they grow their own food right they grow their own crops there um so that's really really important and really interesting and that has become such a buzz and it's it's focused around housing it's focused around you know sort of like organizing the local community trying to make them understand that like the systems of power um uh, uh, stacked against you when you do mm. this bureaucratic kind of housing complaint you know oh you don't like your social housing situation oh just fucking go on the website and make a complaint and something mm. will happen and it never does surprisingly um you know and and sort of teaching people while there is that space involved that becomes something very very special right um yeah. just like fred hampton you know building clinics not not just fred hampton but the but the black panthers like as a whole mm. uh yeah, trying to set know, up a medical clinic exactly yeah 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 totally all yeah. all that kind of organizing is what makes um you know people really come together well i think and... you have to think about where our energy is going all the time right yeah like there's a similar um there's there's flows of like how capital passes through us right it's like um you know we don't uh i don't have any fucking savings i'm I'm working on it but i don't right like i'm uh we 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 get money in from being employed and we, then we hand most of it to a landlord and this is the case for most people right um uh it's like we it's like again like like uh energy through a circuit or whatever um you're just getting money handed down to you from your boss and then off sideways to your landlord and you you're just this machine within the system you're, you're, you're just this shaped part within the system just basically right. taking the check from your boss and handing it straight to your landlord um 
in the same way it's like where is your energy going you know like a ton of your energy is probably going into like willfully relaxing like finding ways to deliberately try and chill out because you know you need to like do the actively most relaxing thing to get more energy to work i gotta uh, have my anime i gotta have my yeah, you know yeah, my exactly. twitch streams i gotta i gotta watch my silly horror movies um, right yeah 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 for real because this is the, the you know this is how neoliberal capitalism fundamentally fucks you right because yeah. it's like it, it not only works you to the bone so that you need that time and so that you also need those things yeah um but this is something that i've You've actually... got no time and you're tired as fuck right yeah this is something i've actively realized in being ill for like yeah. the last two months mm. um is that like you know after a while you do get bored of video games like it becomes like a, a horrifically yeah, like, like grating thing and it's like especially if you've been doing any kind of like activism like me and you're, you're sort of like desperate to just like get back into it it's like yeah, i want to do things i want to do things with the world that make a difference but that's because i'm blessed with a lot of time thanks to yeah. my job right and a yeah. lot of time to think and discuss these things etc not everybody yeah. has that time and yeah. you know when you are like so desperate to fill that void of like shit i can't fucking move i don't have the energy to do it i don't even have the energy to go out and enjoy myself yeah you know you are not going to find the time to organize you're not going to find the time right. to do anything so yeah it's and this it's, is what you know, Fisher said that Mark Fisher said this, right? That he yeah. had, about his own organizing experience, even he was literally like, uh, I was working as a teacher, and I said that we should get together and all discuss our working conditions. And the first hurdle we hit, and we hit this one really fucking hard, was like, we were all just fucking tired. Like, where do you go to organize? When, what time, and with what energy? Um, and they settled on just like going to the pub to chat about it because, like, at least then they're in the pub, right? You know, right? You um, make a thing about it. Yeah, and if it's the if that's what you can do, then that's what you should absolutely do. But it is just like, yeah, it just saps all our fucking energy. And I think this is also why like mobilizing becomes such a good recuperation tool, is because then you know they can go like, hey, um, don't fight, you know, don't organize to fight for queer rights, right? Just show up for one day in June, right? We'll all agree that the, all the, the protest is happening then every year. Show up for this one thing then you've done enough protesting, then it's okay, then you can go home. And don't worry right. about it. Yeah. Right? And you've definitely done your bit to fight for queer rights because if if the, the Pride March, you know, capital T, capital P, capital M, right, is bigger this year, then everyone knows more people want there to be uh, rights for LGBT people. Yeah, yeah. The, the fascists like, will definitely stop. Yeah, um, right. And it's be... like, no, the fascists are actually organizing, you know? This um, is it. This or, is you it. know, and, and this is one place where we can take some take some hope is like to understand that um you're against the you're against the state is a you know terrifying realization because the state is by definition the practically the most organized thing there is um but then you look across at the fascists and you realize actually they're mostly not organizing they're mostly just mobilizing they're mostly just getting their silly little costumes on and going out to the park and then yelling at each other and into their gopros and making content at each other in a circle and that's not that's not organizing. That's just mobilizing, and it's pretty right. fucking sad mobilizing at that. But I think um, we can also take hope from the fact that you said earlier. Um, well, you know, people are willing to go to the pub, sure, and yeah, discuss this stuff because even then, that says to us that we are right in our 
um, estimations that we need to build leftist culture, right? Yeah. Because what if there was a fucking pub that was right. owned by all the bartenders and it was called yeah. the Hammer and Sickle? <laughs> right, there you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. this, this, this is really, really important to like remember. The mm-hmm. revolution has to be attractive. It has to be fun. Sure. It has to be interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, this is this is kind of why it's important to like make a bit of a joke on the red planet. Yeah. Do a little bit of a silly voice every now and then, because otherwise, everyone will be like, "Well, it's just Mule and Sophie talking about how we should go out and do stuff." Um, but yeah, you I know, thought, it's... I thought that four minute section of the podcast this week where you perfectly imitated Kwame Tour uh, and, and all the podcast listeners were fooled into thinking we were playing an actual clip. That was crazy good. <laughs> I, it, it was very entertained by that. I definitely, um, yeah. I and definitely... now we're going to play the actual clip. <laughs> um, well, I, I got I got a, I got a comment on um, the world is not ending. There was someone asking for advice on how to start a community laundromat, and it's like at first blush, this might not seem like it's a very entertaining idea, like your um, hammer and sickle pub, um, but and, and you know just a bit a bit boring and practical. But actually, like I do think that you know um, a lot of people struggle with doing their laundry, not only because like not because of not just because of shortage of like access to resources or whatever, but just like, it just kind of sucks. It's just kind of really boring when you, yeah. when it's just putting your laundry in your own machine. Uh, and it's like, and it's like, actually if people, some, you know, some people do get something out of having a laundry day where they go to the laundromat. Uh, and if they could do that together with other people, that'd be pretty sick actually. And so it's right. like, um, if, if on top of that, you knew of a cool laundromat that happened to be nearby that was free and run as a co-op, and it always had like funky little posters and I don't know, uh, fun music playing or whatever, because it was run by run by young communists. Yeah, um, you know that would be fun, and you'd you'd feel you'd feel more in touch with your local community and more like you're just enjoying even the most boring thing in the world, doing the laundry, right? Yeah. So yeah. here's 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 another funny example of like um, um, a third space that right. has you know tried to be. It, it it's try it's tried to be the leftist dream of a, of a of a, a co op, but it, it, so it's very interesting because obviously in running a business there is a, a, a large amount of organizing that just happens, right? Mm. So when you are like a bunch of bartenders, I was basically I was speaking to this person this week, and you know I was telling him about the importance of uh, uh, you know getting like you know the, the co ops going and all this stuff yeah. and organizing, and. Um, this person responded and said, oh, I used to work for a pub like that and it never works out. And I said, whoa, 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 what do you mean? And she was like, well, you know, no one really knew what they were doing and no one, everyone, when no one is in charge, it was really hard. And this, that, yeah. it's like, right, okay, so they weren't organized. Yeah. They weren't organized in that regard. Yeah. So you could yeah. be organized in like doing the stock, making sure you right. get the brewery delivered, making right. sure that someone's got the keys and da, 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 right. this, that, and the right. other. But... We've used the phrase, the stru- the tyranny of structurelessness before, right? right. I think a, a better way to think of this is like, again, mobilizing takes up so much more energy than organizing in the long term, right? Yes. So if you're, if you're getting everything you're done, done by mobilizing, I was just telling you all this before the show. I've been doing a little bit of uh of organizing and mobilizing uh this week with some with some pals who are in a, a situation with a landlord and you know on the way out of of having a meeting with them about it i was like all right you're doing this this thing this thing this thing and this thing and you're all helping him do this thing 
right? And then and then when I left, like they had, they they didn't do it that evening. You know, I got back in touch and we, we you know we, we we're pushing through it. But it's like that's all mobilizing, and I can t- I can see how much fucking energy is going into it, right? Whereas if they were in some sense long term, meaningfully organized, right? And it, and I just knew, all right, uh, you know, Brian, his job is just to do this, right? Because he, yeah. that's his job in the organization, and I can just I can simply rely on him to do it. You know, then yeah. it wouldn't all the energy I just described wouldn't need to expend it. And so exactly. it's like what you're saying with these people who aren't organized, right? Every single thing that gets accomplished in, in when you're not organized is by mobilizing. So it's so much more energy. So it's, yeah. it's the fastest way to burn yourselves out. And that is that is what it comes down to really more uh, more than anything. And I've found this certainly with tenants union um, activism is that like, uh-huh that sort of desperation to get things done that yeah. is the sort of over um the over what would you call it the overemphasis on mm. mobilizing like you say it's like it's yeah. like okay yeah we got to we got to do stuff we got to get wins we got to we got to help people we got to establish these things but the 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 most important thing is as you say like a balance between the two because if you're organized enough to know what you can handle and what right. your currently dealing with right. then that is the, the 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 most important thing because if you're like going right yeah i'll help you and then someone else comes to you to the next day oh yeah i'll get you that i'll do that as well oh right. yeah i'll do that then yeah. all of a sudden you're taking on way too much work you don't have that much free time yeah, nine yeah, times exactly. out of ten you're not getting paid for this stuff so you know <laughs> it's um yeah really 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 important to uh to remember that like the, the it's interesting it's interesting as well in the clip that he brings up martin luther king and malcolm x right um yep. and he's saying he's saying Malcolm X was a good mobilizer and a good organizer Martin Luther King was a good mobilizer but he wasn't a good organizer and it, there's a th- there's a third person to talk about here right which is which is a person who is a good organizer but not a good mobilizer and the the reason they're not discussed is because no one's going to hear about this person right there's plenty of these people but as you were saying before it's like you get you wind up with like a spreadsheet you know, it just it, it fundament you you there must be some mobilizing. Um and I mean just in some sense the fact that we you know the, the, the fact that Martin Luther King is a historical figure uh means that he was a spectacular you know, not just a good but a spectacular mobilizer. Um but I think that I think that the, the the analysis that he's not was not a good organizer uh rings true in that you know in what he was discussing. Um it's interesting because well, you know, um occasionally I mention this, but like I had a few videos on my channel uh, that kind of uh, were the precursor to what we do now with Red Planet that were called organizing interviews. And um, obviously, you know, very similar to the show, like I just I just interviewed a bunch of uh, activists and organizers and I kept on asking them about accessibility. I'd, I, I would have a regular question in to be like, um, I'm conscious that like my audience are, you know, uh, a, a diverse bunch of people with a diverse set of capacities. And some of them are busy or they have kids or they're physically disabled or mentally uh you know uh can, can you know quick, quickly run out of spoons one way or another right um what would you say that like people could do in service of like what you're uh trying to do um if they have those kinds of limitations and it's like I'm not going to point fingers in, in in particular directions but like you know there were certainly some 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 people who were uh 
ironically, they were more organizers and less mobilizers, but they would be like, oh, I don't know. Well, oops, you know, that's not much. Oh, don't know. That's hard to hard to say, isn't it? Um, yeah. Sometimes you have limitations. Oh, well, and it would be, it would be kind of the answer. And it'd be like, well, what, yeah. How, how are we, that? how are we, like, why, how are we organizing have, anything? How do you, how do you not have a, you know, this is, this is the kind of person who would wind up with the spreadsheet and nothing else. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and I say that that's ironically, because if they had, if that person understood the nature of their own labor in organizing and understood that what they were missing was the mobilizing and understand, you know, then they would understand that what I'm describing here is someone who can't mobilize well, uh, who can't mobilize themselves rather well, uh, yeah. because they're busy or they're tired or whatever. Um, and that that person could instead be an organizer and here's the, and here's you know the, the 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 inverse of that like i would interview uh, a, a bunch of other people who i'd ask about like well uh what about these people who have these limitations and they would say and these then these would be people who are good organizers and good mobilizers so they can tell the difference because they're familiar with both right they would say yeah. well those people can do some of the most important work there is like right. most of the work that needs doing is just talking to people, organizing a meeting, sitting through that meeting, taking minutes, making sure that the people who said they do the thing in the meeting, do the thing later, all the organizing labor, right? Uh, someone yeah. who's someone who's busy or whatever can absolutely take on some of that labor. Someone who is, um, who is housebound even, you know, can do, can do a lot of this stuff online um, with the right, you know, organization that say, you know, uses zoom meetings or whatever. Um yeah it's like all of this like um this is a question that just just, just comes up a lot and I, I, you know a lot of the time you'll talk about any social cause and people will be like well i'm particularly vulnerable to covid so what can i do and it's yeah. like organizing labor like you can you can <laughs> you can contribute to the organizing labor you they're like it may not be a sexy answer because it is just like so much sitting through meetings and so much checking up on people and so much making sure that like all these activists who definitionally have ADHD, right? Like yep. otherwise yep. they wouldn't be uh, <laughs> whichever kind of activist they are, right? Um, uh, this is the, you know, you can contribute to that and it can make a difference. Right. Well, this, um, this is again, like you talk about the invisibility of um organizing labor mm. and that also is i guess related right because it's not always that people know that those things are, are like some of the most crucial things like you say like all those things that you mentioned like very very um you know bland stuff but like extremely important extremely yeah. important to have people do that stuff extremely important because that is again like you say that's the definition of organizing because those people that you said you know you got your adhd activist like this is me you know we're out there and we're just like going right million miles an hour i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that right. but unless someone pulls me up on something i said i'm gonna do in a in it's gonna just fucking go like that, that that's it you know if i have someone well there say saying, you do it all right say say yeah. you, there's a parallel alpha chad mule who's never been <laughs> struck down by the plague of adhd right unstoppable right. mule it's over for everyone but right, this is me medicated by the way yeah yeah exactly right thriving in your lane um <laughs> uh you know you take on all those things right but will you be able to do them next week or next month or whenever the next meeting is right you you take the, all those things on you do them but is that a long-term solution 
is like the solution for the organization right. from now on just like well mule do it he's medicated so that's fine right 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 it's about it's about knowing that capacity again and like saying okay mm. i've got the energy to do this i've got the time to do this and yeah also i have like the interest in this because i think yeah. that's where a lot of it a lot of like you know sometimes you do things that you're not quite interested in but like maybe you shouldn't be leading on that right maybe you shouldn't be taking control of that maybe it should be that like you play a supporting role which is sure. still valid extremely sure. valid because I think everybody, especially this is this is men, right? This is cisgender men, cisgender <laughs> heterosexual men. Um, they are like, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to be the boy. I'm going to do everything. Um, you know, it's definitely something that I've got deep within my bones that you have to like viciously shake out. You've got to say, listen, dude, you're just a person like everybody else. You know, like the, you you aren't Superman. It's not gonna and it's not gonna fucking like you know yeah. this spectacular like uh, oh wow. Uh, DJ Mule is so great because he took on all these things because you'll never you'll never fucking finish him you know what I mean like yeah. people don't congratulate you for like taking on loads of work people congratulate you for like helping someone actually you know sort their dispute out right it's, it's yeah. like okay well done you you know you did great work so the praise is there if you want it um but you know I I can't I can't, <laughs> I can't speak anymore to like people who uh, want all those all, all all the praise for everything all the time because i've like successfully uh, <laughs> managed to get rid of a lot of that on my system so you know it's 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 one of them it's you have to you do really have to like be mindful of like what you can take on and the thing is is that i think people are afraid of being a cog in a machine right because yeah. we are a cog in a machine in capitalism that's what we are huh. you are also a cog in a machine in in a union but that machine is really cool. It's like a mech. It's kind of like a transformer. It's It's got like, you know, uh, bells and whistles on it. And it's got a big hammer and sickle. And it goes, uh, fuck capitalism and shoots lasers from its eyes. So, you know, that's that's the big machine you're part of. So you should be happy about that. Um, that's my opinion anyway. But, I, you know, I, get, I think people get where I'm coming from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I yeah, so go on. Okay, all right. Um... You know, I think there's something also uh, to interface, like, you know, we've got we've gotten this far in the conversation about organizing, mobilizing. I think it's also important to talk about uh, a bit about group consciousness. Okay, surprise, surprise, I'm still talking about post-capitalist desire by Mark Fisher. Um, <laughs> fucking the, the boy, he had some points. Um, group consciousness, it's like when 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 people get together, they talk about their their systemic problems they realize that they are oppressed together in some kind of system around them right they they shed a kind of self-consciousness that like holds them down right positions the the individual oppressor as like more powerful than them right because like you know say uh as a woman i'm going into the, the the office right and and my boss is a dude and he is wielding like very you know various uh systems of patriarchy maybe he promotes a, a male co-worker or whatever right i feel like i am i am less powerful in the world even if i'm aware that there's systemic uh misogyny right i feel like i'm less powerful than than my boss than my male coworker, right then i get together with other women right we talk about our problems we realize there is the system of patriarchy right we we see ourselves as within a system Right. And we realize that only like only us working together can free us from the system. But even even the realization itself has developed this group consciousness. Right. And that's when you shed this feeling like you are less powerful than the people who are individually oppressing you. 
And I think that, you know, if I'm, if I'm just, uh, 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 doing some, some transgender infighting for a second, but not really like, you know, just, just critiquing the trans community for a second. Like we have a group consciousness. We have an awareness of ourselves as the people who are trans. We have this trans group consciousness and we are so not organized, right? We are absolutely like just such a tiny, tiny, tiny proportion of the, of the population, but even for the size that we are between us and our cis allies, like if all of us and our allies were organized into an actual structure that was meaningfully trying to change something, uh, shit could be so, so different. And you see trans people who are saying like, we're losing, you know, we're fighting and we're losing. What the feeling there is like, um, is that a ton of energy is going into mobilization still, right? Because people are going out to like demonstrate or whatever. And it's like, well, the the thing trying to push us out of existence, right, is organized because the thing trying to push us out of existence is engaged in in institutional capture. It's it's taken parts of the state that again, definitionally are really fucking organized and therefore can do things, can change things, can make things worse for us. And we haven't organized into any kind of actual structure that can fight that. Well, you know, and I, the, and I, the, and I, 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 like, just to be totally clear, I'm not, I am really not just being critical of my trans siblings. Like I am being um, ever so much more critical of cis allies who do absolutely fuck all and just watch us, you know, are watching us all die. But at the same time, like at the same time, um, we, if we were better organized, we could give instructions directly to mobilize our cis allies so much more easily. And they could just, you know, uh, do do as they're told, which you know credit where credits due. A lot of the time, cis allies great at doing what they're told. Actually, right? If trans structures, like radical trans structures, existed that were there, willing and ready to say do this and do this and do this, and know that it would actually change something. Well, this is the, like the 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 fundamental thing that you're talking about that like institutionally kills trans people is bureaucracy, right? right? It's the bureaucracy, right. which is like the the i guess end goal of evil organizing right because it's organizing that is so organized that it's completely incomprehensible to anyone who doesn't who isn't within it to the point where it like actually is 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 killing people because it is organized to sort of be that incomprehensible and be that unassailable right you, mm. you can send as many letters to your fucking doctor as you like do you know what yeah. i mean about like yeah. i need this fucking gender appointment i need this fucking mm-hmm. this that and mm-hmm. the other but they will simply choose to ignore it because they have the power to and then right. when it gets put through for processing it goes to this data center it goes to this data right. center then this processing center and then etc cetera, etc cetera. Right. so you know when things get lost in the in the system it's on purpose right yeah. because i'm just ta- i'm talking you know uh entirely detached here because i'm fucking i've got a I've got uh, a YouTube channel to make, right? But like, if trans people wanted to fucking organize and make an actual difference to our own circumstances, we should be seizing the means of transition. Um, all of this bureaucracy, it could simply be circumvented. Um, but maybe I'll get off this before I start uh, advocating that people do things that are wrong and bad. Um, anyway, um, you know, I think that group consciousness is an important thing to to add into the mix here because, you know, uh, Another thing in my in my interviewing, like before the show, and also that we've encountered in our interviewing, you know, in Red Planet, like we talk to people about like um, reading groups sometimes, uh, and, you know, like fairly often. It's a recurring topic. Like people, we ask people about their journey of organizing the the the, the whatever that they're in, 
And sooner or later, they bring up, yeah, and then it had been going for a few weeks. So we started sitting down and, you know, making our way through some Franz Fanon or whatever. And it's like, hell yeah, right? But what, but what, but why? But what is that about? You know, is, is it just, um, is it just so you understand the task at hand better? Like, is it just so that you are better at your job of whatever you're doing? Uh, no, it's like it is an exercise in you all building group consciousness together, you know? Right. You all sharing in a common mindset of uh, of like what it is that your organization exists to do, who you are, what systems you interact with, uh, what systems you're oppressed by, what systems you're fighting against, what systems you're hoping to change, what systems you uh, see that you could seize control of, you know. Because yeah, because at the moment we have like a very a very gradually increasing class consciousness. Right. And class class consciousness is still hard for a lot of people right. in terms of working class workers right. organizing because right. that's what neoliberalism wants to do more than anything. It wants to put the blame of someone not succeeding, not succeeding on the individual um, rather than any kind of yeah. collective, whether it be the state or whether it be the 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 you know lack of organization of the workers or whatever, whatever however you want to frame it. But like the fundamental yeah. thing is that like people feel so disempowered because we're taught that everybody's an individual with the power to yeah. do whatever we want. But we exactly. Know- and in the, 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 you know, in the UK, like class warfare has been so uh, naked for such a long time that it becomes cultural. And like anyone with a, you know, a regional accent of any kind is considered, you know, automatically must be working class. Then you find out that they actually, um, you know, own a car dealership or whatever. You're like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, good. Well, congrats on the on the grind, then, bruv. Well done. You know, um, rather than like, oh, you're actually bourgeois, right? Like, you're actually like meaningfully and measurably in a different class, actually. You know, Um, um, so yeah, it's it's that it's that sort of like yeah, having to break through those bits of brainwashing, having to break through those um, because they're so deeply, deeply, deeply ingrained, and that is what building class consciousness is all about and that and again mm. that's that's related to group consciousness of any like identity do you know what i mean and and yeah. i think like it's very it's very much like again you know you talk about cis allies and like cis cis queers are, are some of the the worst with mm. this like you know you know this i don't need to tell Real. you but it, it's, <laughs> you know like you you look at like the lack of group consciousness that queer people have like yeah. most mostly nightmarish Right, you know the, the 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 very sort of privileged white queer people, um, who I just... have no mouth, so I must boof MCAT. Right, right, right. It's just, it's just, you know, the 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 yeah, the lack of. I mean, I've, I think both of us have like spoken this at various points at length. So if you want to hear like more about what we think, you can check out our uh, socials or, or our YouTube channels. <laughs> but like, um, it's 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 just like there is so much to be done and there is so much of a reconnection. That's, that's why, you know, cis queer people don't see trans struggles as the same struggle because Mm -hmm. that has been fundamentally individualized. Right. I think it's even been individualized to the point where it's like the L and the G and the B and the T and the Q. Like it's all seen as separate, even though we, Mm. that's why the acronym exists. Cause to to put us together as a, as a block, you know, this is it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is, this is what I've always fundamentally sort of laughed at like turf saying, 
oh, we need to separate the LGB from the T. It's like, no, you yeah, don't. Yeah. That's already that's already a thing. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> obviously, you know, in our circles, what we're talking about, the LGB is not separate from the T. Like we mm-hmm. all stand together, but fundamentally, overarchingly, in queer communities, it happens. It certainly happens. Um, and, um, you know, again, it's like, it's, it's that exact same thing. It's like, oh, well, I went to pride. That's fine. I went to pride. I did my bit. We've still got queer rights. Don't talk about the transgender genocide. You know, don't, don't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I was just saying this to someone, I was saying this to a friend yesterday. Um, I promise this is leading to a point, but it's going to be such a fucking hike between here and there. I trust um, you. I trust you. Thanks, babe. I know you do. I, you know, I'm really. I'm telling you, to chat. Really, you know, I, I, you and me, we, we, we got this. We, the we, listeners we... aren't gonna. They're not gonna understand what it's like to be in the Mind Palace dojo <laughs> of Sophie from Mars. Sometimes they will. Some of them will. But All you right. know, <laughs> you got to You got to You got to trust the process. Wait, okay. So I, I'm. I'm. It's uh queer people's role in patriarchy right so so um uh the system that's oppressing us all uh, as queer people isn't a system of queer phobia sure like the, it's the fact that patriarchy is heteropatriarchy it's the fact that it, it it centers heterosexual experience right but it's patriarchy it's that system right um that oppresses us and this is why like for a long time, like the the struggles for gay liberation were just seen as part of a feminist struggle, you know, part of a women's struggle, or whatever. Um, and I think, in some degree, in some ways, I'd say that like more feminist solidarity to um, queer people is like, firstly, like if if there are feminists without it, they're not doing feminism right. Uh, but secondly, like you know, it is very much part of the same struggle. Nat's been using this term uh, feminized people recently. And I think that's really insightful to like, you know, define the class of everyone who isn't a cishet man because gay cis men are feminized by society, right? right? Are treated as feminine. Uh, Of course, cis women are, of course, trans women are, but, uh, you know, also uh, trans mask people are feminized because their masculinity is questioned and illegitimized by patriarchal society and so on, right? Solidarity, between everyone who is not cishet men and any cishet men who want to be class traitors and join in on our side. Fantastic. You know, that's, that's understanding the system. That's properly getting it right. Um, uh, whereas TERFs, they're class traitors the other way, the other way over, right? They should have solidarity among the oppressed. They're having solidarity to the oppressor. Um, but I was saying to someone yesterday, um, doll is, 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 you know, just, fascinating terminologically right like uh for for people for trans women describing themselves and each other's each other as dolls right there's something really interesting in the overlap of like how we're self-identifying and the processes that go on when we, when people act bigoted towards us because the question right and this is the part where i'm going to take a dive off the cliff and then we're going to have to hike all the way back up again the question right who designed the doll right it's just like okay okay yeah so so someone sees a trans woman someone sees a doll right um and the and if that person views trans women fundamentally as men right then the question of who designed the doll is well a man designed this woman a man chose how this woman is going to be in the world right Therefore, there's something untrustworthy going on here. If you fundamentally see trans women as women, then you're like, well, this is exactly the same as with all women, 
a woman decided what she she would be like right but there's a lot of other implicit assumptions in the first one that we haven't we haven't looked at right because to assume that to assume that a trans woman is fundamentally a man and that this is this, this untrustworthy consciousness is dictating what this what this woman looks like right it's like well well again like it's the woman in front of you who made all these choices so you can kind of just read what you're seeing is what you're getting um but like but like there's an assumption implicit in that first option where they're thinking that uh, uh that, that cis women that crucially cis hat women we'll put a pin in that right the cis hat women um are not designed by themselves they're not that the, the their their presence in the world is not a ch- product of their own choices they've not chosen to be this way the influences of men around them have shaped them into who they are and they just simply exist like that you know Exactly. Men act and women yeah. appear, yeah. right? And it's like, because of this, right, there is this assumption that any kind of like other consciousness that's inhabiting the female form, right, making choices about how this 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 woman exists in the world is untrustworthy and scary. Right. So we see that a ton of rhetoric that attacks trans women is identical rhetoric that used to be used against lesbians in the 80s and we go they're just they're just recycling homophobia now this is a this is a useful tact like rhetorical tool for us to point out they're just recycling homophobia to explain to cis allies why they should care but we don't often take the extra step and go why are they recycling homophobia because it seems like such an obvious l if you're a bigot trying to get away with transphobia that you shouldn't just make it obviously just homophobia the reason they're recycling, homopho- uh, recycling homophobia into transphobia is because they don't realize they're independently producing the same thing because in both cases, the lesbian in the 80s and the trans woman now, they're looking at a woman and they're going, who designed the doll? Yeah. Something I don't trust is in control of this woman. Some kind of consciousness that can actually think for itself, which is what I assume other women don't have. Some kind of actual consciousness is in control here, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's that sort of like yeah, disempowerment, dehumanizing, and um, in in uh, just assumptions. Like men always have these assumptions. Yeah. That, like you know, and it's so funny because they'll never they'll <laughs> they'll never admit it until they really you know unless they can really sort of like dig deep and unpack a lot of the way that the patriarchy informs us as mm-hmm. men. Like it tells us like exactly like you say women can't think for themselves right, right. um but we're getting great clips not for the red planet tiktok by the way yeah not not explicitly <laughs> right not not explicitly just it, us just, going women women can't think women don't think things <laughs> <laughs> yeah if anyone wants to clip us out of context um so yeah it's it's that it's that sort of thing that's like just not been um unpacked but again it's it's not something that men explicitly think which is why it's so insidious and and yeah. you know all encompassing um and so yeah yeah so i guess like um in terms of uh organizing and and, and well like yeah this is what i'm getting at is yeah. it's these are the actual systems that oppress us and the actual nature of them and people need to learn to think this way if they're going to do organizing that meaningfully challenges it right so it's like if you want to meaningfully challenge people's like uh uh attitudes and social relations to trans people 
right? And therefore trans people's material conditions, you're going to have to understand patriarchy a fucking lot better. You know, you can't just be like, uh, and this is the, you know, this is the neoliberal um, uh, diversity, multicultural acceptance model, right? Is, is that there are minorities in society, all sorts of minorities. There are racial, gender, ethnic minorities. There are sexual minorities, right? There, there are all sorts of minorities, but they're all minorities. They're of one kind. They're the same kind of thing. And it's like, well, they're not though, right? There are racialized people and there are feminized people and there are people who are immigrants, some of which, so, you know, many of whom are racialized, right? And there are people who are economically precarious and there are people who are addicted to drugs, right? And they all have different struggles, right? And there are common things and there is solidarity to have across these things. But like, but like just thinking of this category of minorities, right, is completely demobilized. It's completely demotivating, right? You have to actually understand the actual, the, the system itself that is oppressing you to be able to do anything about it. So liberal trans people, when they try and organize, they end up mobilizing. But when they when they mobilize, right, they put together a little demonstration. You go out, you get your megaphone, you say, we want trans rights. Yeah, trans rights are human rights. Yeah, and then you go home. Because trans people are a minority, right? They're one of those groups that we all know are minorities, right? So what do minorities do to get their rights? Well, they go and have a little march and say in their megaphone, we want X rights. X rights to human rights. Yeah. And then they go home and then they get, get their rights. Right. It's like, this is the way that liberalism leaves you with absolutely no answers whatsoever. Right. Right. right? You have exactly. to, if you're going to organize for trans rights, meaningfully, you have to understand uh, trans people's material conditions and trans people's material conditions are dictated like everyone by capitalism. And then like all people, in the system with which we identify trans people's identities and lives, patriarchy, right? This is the system oppressing us. It's it's like so so important as well. Like this is this is like a fundamental thing that I'm desperately trying to tell every single man that is in my sphere, especially yeah. people who listen to my stream at the minute. That like you know, guess what, men the fucking system that oppresses us too is also patriarchy. It's also part of yeah, that. Like yeah, it's, it's yeah. fundamentally, it is a poison. It poisons men's minds. It makes them um, into, into monsters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's not healthy. None of it is good. Yeah. Um, so you you're, know, oh, you're lonely. None of the women in your life like you. Guess what? You got fucking duped by patriarchy. You got fucked exactly. by patriarchy. You got exactly. no friends because of patriarchy. Yeah, the patriarchy made you think women are objects right. that don't have, um, right. uh, you know, any autonomy, and that's why women don't like you because it's not true. And that is fundamentally now like now you're the, smoking the cigars in your fucking one room apartment, watching Andrew Tate <laughs> videos and crying and jerking off, right? Giving five hundred like, pounds so you could be in the war room and yeah, exactly. So you can uh, join his fucking Discord server, and it's like yeah. you've been duped. You are the world's most monumental fucking dupe yeah. because the same thing that is making you miserable is yeah. also taking all of your money and time and energy yeah yeah awesome yeah. And, and i think I, yeah sorry go on no that's it just just great what a cool life right and it, and and i think that's like the fundamentally why it's so important like this is this is the truth of um fully understanding the systems that oppress us and fully um being i guess like this having this nuanced take like you know 
you can't be a Trotskyist and say it's just communism that we need to make happen. Everything else will fall into place. Identity politics is a waste of time. Uh, but also you can't be the other way. You can't just be like, well, you know, we can have capitalism, but like, you know, with more rights for queer people and black people. Like it's 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 all tied together, right? Do you know what I mean? I don't think that's really I, a trot position, by the way. I think that's just Oh, isn't it? Okay, right. Well this yeah, is something I've been led led to believe. So apologies yeah, no to any apologies to any trots listening that I've completely misrepresented <laughs> you. For the uh, first time in history someone has apologized to any trots listening. Everyone hates them and I'm not entirely sure why, but we'll we'll next week on Red Plant No. <laughs> why does everyone hate the Trotskyites? Is it anti semitism yeah maybe uh, no. maybe yeah <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah i think um but yeah i ultimately you, you, you the message of what i'm trying to say is there is that sure. like you know you you need both you need to be an anarchist and a communist right you need to yeah. you need to dismantle these things um and you need to be an anti-fascist as well because you know don't be, a, don't, don't be a cop about it right yeah um but i guess sort of getting back to the like broadly um you know relating um well, the overarching, the overarching uh, topic of the stream, like, you know, organizing and mobilizing, it, it all leads to that intersection where, you know, people's material conditions um, will, will unite them. Like this, this is just something that like you will see happen. Like, um, you know, people who turn up to an eviction resistance come from all kinds of different backgrounds this is something that i've witnessed you know this is something that people will tell you in any in any tenants union right and and you know there have been literally every kind of person there's not even any point in me listing them because like every kind of person whether whether it be like disabled trans queer uh, cis uh teachers yeah. like neoliberals like every everything like every kind of shade because everybody understands mm. being in that class um sucks and and having people kick you out for no fucking reason sucks. Mm. So it's 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 having that broad effect on everybody when you do things like tenant union organizing or even a step further and making a housing co-op. Um the same with feeding people in your community. You know, you might have a food bank or you might take it one step further and start a mutual aid fund, right? An actual mm. legitimate mutual aid fund that like everybody puts into and like the most vulnerable people in the community you know well this was a this, hang on them, hang right? on hang on this was something I, I really wanted to bring up on this episode uh money right um uh patreon.com slash red underscore planet um the thing the thing i was going to say was um you know doing fundraisers right this is mobilizing right the online left like it doesn't have organizing um and or you know it doesn't so far um uh this is something we could this is something we could question this is something we could dig into but like it's seen as a huge huge thing um because the uh because the results are so big right people raise you know tens of thousands of dollars we've done this on the show right tens of thousands of dollars for various causes and this is but this is just mobilizing like it it will change some people's immediate material conditions because that's 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 what it does but it it, it it's a lot more energy expended towards an ultimate goal uh, compared to the size of the ultimate goal. Um, and I think that the internet has the ability to like, it reduces down how much energy is required, you know, because it's like, if it were, you know, the, the older equivalent of this used to be that they, people would do telethons and you'd ring in, you know, and that takes a bit more energy than, than donating on, on, on Twitch. Cause it's, you know, you have to talk to someone. Uh, give them your bank details 
um if you're um you know before that i guess you know people would just have to go around the people they physically knew with a bucket put some change in whatever like you know, this is this is the history of fundraising um uh and so the internet has made it easier but it still ultimately is just mobilizing and this is why i think there's a there's been this odd flash in the pan of like um leftists doing fundraisers fundraiser streams for stuff in the last few years is like we saw that it could do a huge thing but like everyone gets massively burned out doing it and there's no long-term organizing structure around it and it's always around issues so it's like the it's like in some senses the the the, the perfect um encapsulation of uh of of that clip and saying about like mobilizing is used to immobilize us because we're just like we're like, well, we did a fundraiser for trans rights on Red Planet, so I guess trans rights are solved. Well, we know they're fucking not, right? So... <laughs> yeah, we beat transphobia by raising Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, well, it, it's interesting that you point out um, telethons because um, big movie nerd, everybody knows that about me. Sure. Um, I love this one film called UHF and it's a really unheard of Weird Al movie and yeah. um, it's ba- the, the long and short of the plot is that Weird Al comes into managing this little TV station and the big corporate network doesn't like the fact that they're doing all these wacky cool shows and everything's really interested and they're getting way up on the fucking leaderboards because they're just a cool creative little you know kind of kind of bit um, and um, everybody joins in to like stop this network from buying this little station and everybody ends up owning the station. So people all buy shares. Everybody from all in the community buy shares in the station, which uh-huh. means that they fucking own it. And right. at the end, well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it, it, you know, <laughs> it goes well. Um, but it is, it is a, a phenomenal movie. A, a couple of cringe things. I think there's like, I think there's a racist joke at the expense of like East Asian people. I'm pretty certain. Uh, okay. Um, but other than that, like, holds up pretty well like but that's that's an example of it right like so you know you can utilize fundraising in a way that works it just has to be we did it we did our first fucking episode on this right charity versus mutual aid Uh, but not not charity sorry not charity versus mutual aid that's completely i mean it might have been no yeah the (laughs) (laughs) I think it was versus GoFundMes or mutual aid versus GoFundMes or something like that. It's like if you have this top down sort of like, all right, well, we're going to give money to the Trevor Project who sacked a bunch of queer workers for completely no reason. I think it actually Mm. might have been related to fucking organizing. Very cool. You know, that's the thing. It's like you can't. You can't do, just do this one thing. You can't just mobilize everybody to do this one thing. If you're going to mobilize people to do this one thing um, and you have the, the power and the energy to do that, try and figure out a way to make that permanent. Try and figure out a way to make that some kind of institution, maybe in a local area, maybe in, maybe just on the internet. Maybe it's some kind of website or something like that. Who knows, right? But that's the fundamental message that we're trying to get mm-hmm. across here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, when I talk about the online the online left not having organizing in it, you know, I think that informational infrastructure is one of the, the main things the online left can do. And like, this is why we're always saying, like, if you, if you, if you like Red Planet, but you reckon you could do it better, you think you're funnier than us, fucking have a go then, mate. Yeah. Um, 
but for real, um, you know, people should absolutely, uh, we don't mind, we, our point is we don't mind people ripping us off at all. We want as many people as possible doing the stuff that's actually helping people. And we think that, you know, we think that our show is actually helping people, like letting people know about different structures for organizing, different methods of organizing, different uh, things that exist that people are doing to make the world a better place. Uh, please, if you think you could do that well, go ahead and do it. We'd love to see it um but you and know that's, that's also, kind of organizing you know that that's that that's organizing to create a long-term thing and the the organizing of red planet is a an ongoing struggle uh that we 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 wake up every day grateful for conrad yes it's true um but that's also um no it's gone sorry completely gone from my fucking <laughs> head i was literally i had something so good but whatever anyway god bless adhd um, R.I.P. to Mule's thoughts. Um, yeah. Shall we read there a couple questions? Yeah, yeah, a couple things. I'm ready. Um, all right. So, so is it ident? Sorry, this is Valerie Valkyrie. Uh, so, is it identifying what they do to a specific group and then working together to tackle that specific thing? Uh, this so is, can, I guess, this is could, when I was talking about the like systems that oppress us, right? Yes. Right. Right. Well, so, my point was just that, like we have to know what's actually harming us to tackle it. And, you know, if you're mobilizing, it's like with, uh, like with the clip, like he said, uh, Miss Sally has lost her job. People will rally around that to get her, her job back. Right. That's just, it's tip in your favor. It's easy. It's, it's people care already. Right. But it's like getting to the root of what actually affects people is a different thing entirely. Like understanding the system that, that is hurting you is, is a necessary step of, actual meaningful organizing that's going to matter in the long term right and how you turn that into mobilizing how you motivate people to actually do shit that's the struggle right like you really it's it's it is hard to figure out how to get people to care about the stuff that is fucking them over it is genuinely hard and it shouldn't be but it is um and uh yeah that's that's the point i'm making is we got we got we got real systems that are hurting people and you know, then immediate tiny injustices they can see really clearly. And they're much easier to motivate and mobilize around the latter. But yeah. if you want to long-term change things, it's got to be the former. Are you going to add something to that, Mule? No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I just think it is like we're, we're all affected by so many things. Like it, for me, it always comes back to housing because housing is such a like all encompassing issue. Do you know what I mean? Trans people are uh, affected right. by housing. Um, you right. know, ev- every kind of person is affected right. by housing. Like it should be a human right. Um, again, like, you know, we've had so many people on on the show as well. This is why we try and have so many tri- like diverse kinds of guests. And I don't mm, mean diverse mm-hmm. in identity. I mean diverse in what they do. Because yeah. they genuinely, like, for example, having Ash Inspire on shows that you can, like, well, this is a way that you can build leftist culture. You can have a, yeah. a, 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 a metal band, a death metal band that, that does fucking leftist uh, uh, messages, like extremely communist and anarchist messages. You can have a punk band that does that or even like a folk band or something different. You could even make pop tunes about it if you tried hard enough, I believe in you. Right, right, um, right. And, and, and it's like that's the, all these different things build up to something a lot more powerful right if we have the people who build leftist culture alongside people who deal with um housing Mm -hmm. alongside people who try and get trans people the medical care they need alongside um you know other kinds of liberation for other people you know land back um you know 
uh, uh, you know, achieving like true liberation for black people. Um, <laughs> and you know, all these kinds of things, reparations, like it's, you know, all that thing, all those stuff alongside all those things alongside each other build to like the true actual, like, um, you know, real structures outside of the government, because that's what we talk about when we talk about building power. It's about building those structures outside the government, like, you know, and that's what Sophie means when she says, like, you know, the, the things that really harm us, the things that really, like, you know, fuck us up, like any any kind right. of thing that, like, interlinks all that stuff is um, is really good. But then it's all interlinked anyway, right? Yeah. I, I yeah. just found out about this uh, this account. I sent it to Nat because it's very much the kind of thing that she's been talking about a lot recently, housing rebellion, right? And it's using a lot of the same uh, styles and aesthetics of the... Uh, of Extinction Rebellion, right? Uh, and it is climate activists, but they're linking up the climate crisis and the housing crisis. And it's like, like you say, housing is just such a widespread thing because we are so fundamentally fucked over with housing, right? It's like, it should just be a right like a, to have a place to live because you're a fucking person, right? Um, um, and 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 so we're so far away from that that like, it it blends into all the different other things that are going on. You know, it blends into the climate crisis. It, it gets racialized. Uh, trans people are more economically precarious, so they're disproportionately more homeless. You know, things like this. And it's like, if, again, if trans people wanted to organize um, as trans people, but radically in a way that's going to meaningfully help people, right? Another thing they could do, right? Housing, exactly like you're saying. You could pick on, you could pick on an issue, it affects everyone, but it affects us a fucking bunch, Right. So we could go, well, we're going to use the like we're going to use radical housing organizing tactics. You know, uh, maybe we're going to decide to do a, a wrong and bad thing no one should do and break the law so we can squat somewhere, you know, because we believe that housing is a human right. Um, maybe we're going to go a step further than that and set up, uh, you know, a shelter like the autonomous winter shelter. The squatters set up um in London, uh, but it's specifically catering to trans people because we know that the you know all the all the transphobes are pushing to try and exclude trans women from from women's homeless shelters, stuff like this. You know, um, uh, maybe we're organizing within the community to help people find housing together or provide housing for one another, stuff like this, right? Um, and then and then and then you've created a base where people are seeing that you're meeting a need they have. Right. Um, you were just mentioning the episode we had Luna on. Luna said to us, like, if you want to be organizing, you have to catch people when they fall through the cracks. Like you need to mm. you need to be the people that when people have a problem, they come to you. And the way you become those people is by saying what problems do people have and then just deciding to fucking solve them. Right. And then once you yeah. do it once and twice and a third time, and you just keep solving people's problems, you become the people that people come to. They go, oh shit, you can solve our problems, right? And it's like, if trans people's problem is uh, is 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 getting uh, proper medical treatment, then yeah, that's a problem you can solve. But but if trans people have a bunch of problems, right? And it's it's getting proper medical treatment, but it's also finding work and it's also getting housing, right? Even if they're problems everyone has, if you're trying to specifically organize trans people solve those fucking problems <laughs> that's the point i'm right. trying to get at yeah you know? exactly um <clears throat> so there you go um that's the i th i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that's it 
for uh, for this episode. It, it's it's a shorter one. Um, oh, uh, we... the other thing, I'll I'll just we, since we are going short anyway, I'll just quickly do the uh, Cassie Tastrophe. Uh, when we're talking about Trotskyites, uh, oh yeah, they're the same Sophie. The only thing I know is that they like is that they like newspapers. Uh, I will resolve this for the sake of no one going home confused. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think the thing you've heard, right, is referring to some trots in particular, because in in particular in the UK, there are a bunch of shitty trots, right? Uh, Like the SWP um, are a bunch of bastards who defend rapists and do a bunch of other horrible shit. Um, And when you see uh, SWP signs at protests, you should rip their logo off because they're constantly handing out signs being like, you know, whatever slogan of the of the protest is, but then they've put their own logo on it to try and make it make it look like the protest was organized by them, even right. though there wasn't. Uh, Trans Pride this year got in touch with SWP, said, we do not want you around our community. You defend rapists. Fuck off. Uh, SWP said, understood, we won't be there. There were three SWP stalls. They set up three separate fucking stalls. They're a bunch of bastards, right? So... Mm. It's possible, you know, the thing you said earlier, it's kind of just a, uh, I can't remember what it was now, but like, you know, just a generally... Just that, just that trots don't um, like identity politics. They, I have, yeah, I should just specify, a generally reactionary position, right? I should just specify, when I heard about this one Trotskyist yeah. who said identity politics is a waste of time, this is what he said according to someone in my community who went to a specific branch Mm. of trotskyist and it's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's got like a number in it it's got like a it, it, there's an acronym involved so i don't oh, know I, yeah i don't know something like it, it's not this but it sounds like seventh day adventist or something it's like seven, <laughs> sure, seven, sure, sure. seventh chapter of trotskyist or something along the, the lines of that but anyway um you. you know yeah that's that's but, the, the, yeah but Tr- but trotskyists basically the, the thing about newspapers is that they um they believe in like creating businesses which help to fund revolutionary activities uh, while also engaging in revolutionary work. So uh, educating people on what is based and what people are doing to make a better world by making a newspaper about it and then selling that newspaper to get money for whatever activities you're doing. But the real case with most Trotskyites is that they're just, um, they're they're just getting enough money to make more newspapers. uh, Right. Sadly. Um, (laughs) Speaking of which, uh, if you want to give us some money, uh, see, it was connected, Mule. I was doing a bit the whole time. I, I believed in you. I knew it. I knew it was Oops. coming. <laughs> um, you can go to patreon.com slash red underscore planet and you can support the show. If you like the show, uh, if you like Conrad having food, I do. Why do, why, why do you, why do you hate, Con- why are you trying to starve Conrad? That's why are you trying up. to kill him? What's going on? Why are you literally trying to kill my friend? I will find you. Um, so if you go to patreon.com slash red underscore planet, uh, there are a bunch of different ways to support us. Uh, the first of which is called Sprite Mode. Mule, can you tell us about Sprite Mode? With pleasure, Sophie. Sprite Mode is only £2 a month, and you can get started with your support for Red Planet by becoming a Sprite. Benefits include the sacred and forbidden knowledge that you're helping the Red Planet team, early access to VODs, and access to the Red Planet Discord. It's the most basic one, and it gives you really cool stuff, so think about that. Uh, but there's another one, isn't there, Sophie? And what's that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, there's Goblin Mode. It's £8.50 a month, and everyone loves a Goblin. So if you go Goblin Mode, that's Good news for you. Uh, we all get a little goblin mode from time to time. Complete your gobology by going goblin mode with everything from sprite mode, 
and a pack of cool Red Planet stickers for you to stick in legal places and only in places like that. I saw some Red Planet stickers that someone had stuck up in places that I uh, I don't know the law, so I had to assume that they're legal because I don't think that any of our our, our 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 fans, our audience, would ever break the law because that would be wrong and bad. Um, I agree. It must have been a legal place. Now that I'm thinking about it. Um, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Um, you also get access to exclusive Red Planet Discord hangouts, where we'll do things like watch a fun little movie, uh, like Athena. We should watch Athena soon. It's good. It's good as hell. It's about French people fighting the cops. Judas um, and the Black Messiah as well. We watched that. Oh that yeah, was great. That was good as hell. Love that movie. Um, and you know who I was going to try and connect in beast mode to Judas and the Black Messiah somehow. Can't do it. Brain is running too slow. Brain is running at like two frames per second right now. So, Mule, why don't you tell me about beast mode? I will. I will. If you want to be a beast like the person that Lakeith Stanfield uh, portrays in Judas and the Black Messiah, (laughs) ah, you see, I got there in the end. You can go beast mode <laughs> with with seven, with seventeen pound a month. Holy shit! Are you actually gonna go beast mode? Well, then we can offer you all the stuff from the lower tiers and pin badges. Yep, pin badges. Wear your excellent new Red Planet pin badge literally everywhere. It's completely cool and good to do. Uh, nice. So that's that. And there's a final tier. We didn't speak about oh, yeah. this earlier because the, it's it's really it's too shocking. It's really intense. It's called sicko mode. So uh, if you want to be a sicko like Fred Hampton. No, I can't say that being a patron of ours is like being like Fred Hampton. That's fucked up. Um, So if if you want to go sicko mode, that's giving us £85 per month. Um, And if you support us this much, we can only really reasonably offer you all the stuff from the lower tiers. Plus a very special thank you message at the end of every stream. Uh, we actually don't, don't currently have any sickos, I believe. We do. We do we have do. sickos. It's oh, I'm JVP so sorry. It's ch- and Narrowlon <laughs> Starfire. Oh, I nearly, I nearly, I nearly did not give them the special thank you message. Imagine. Um, but thank you so much um, for supporting us, you absolute yeah. legends. Wait, Mule, um, there's one more way they can support us. What? They should know. They should know there is officially now Red Planet merch. Uh, Red wanted... Planet merch. Yeah, it's it's real. It's happening. It says uh, queer resist queer queer existence is resistance. You can get a cute little tote bag. You can get a t shirt as modeled by me in this picture here. Um, it's you just, could look uh... as hot as that. You could look as hot as that. Oh, any oh, any. Well, to be fair, oh. I don't think anyone could look as hot as Sophie. <laughs> but you could certainly get up there. You could you could start yeah. your journey um, yeah. by getting one of these shirts. Yeah, or the or the tote bag. It's available also as a bag if you are a bag enjoyer. Um, right, that's us, I think. Uh, Neil, where can people find you? They could go ahead and find me on linktr.ee forward slash DJ M-U-E-L. Um, you could get me on my Patreon. You could get me on my YouTube. You could get me on Blue Sky. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting time for my patrons because I got some exclusive content coming out. I've still Ooh. been working on the movie reviews, um, but I have also uploaded some forbidden streams that have just been taken down by YouTube because they're too based. They're too based. Like the, the you laugh, you lose challenge 
Bitcoin stream where I wear multiple hats. <laughs> that will, of course, bring down uh, capitalism. Uh, so that's why YouTube blocked well, The CIA that. shut it down, yeah. The yeah. CIA shut it down, just like they edit Jimmy Dore's Wikipedia page. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> you can you can you can go ahead and and uh, and enjoy that without worrying about any of that if you join my Patreon um, at uh, Possum Tier or above. So go ahead and support me on that. Uh, but what about Sophie? What about Sweet Sophie? Where can people oh, find you? My goodness, um, you can find me at linktree slash Sophie from Mars one word. Uh, in particular, you could find me on YouTube where I just released The World Is Not Ending, a two-hour, two 20-minute long video essay about the world n- not ending. Um, it's It was like two years of work. Please watch it and share it. It matters a lot to me. Um, you can find me on my Patreon.com slash Sophie from Mars, where I'm going to be releasing some interviews that were originally going to be in The World Is Not Ending, uh, but then I decided the pacing was better without them, so I'm just going to put them up. They are me chatting to uh, Ian Danskin, uh, Feek, FT Signifier, that is, um, and more uh, about the question, what will the next hundred years look like on the planet? Uh, and you can also find me tomorrow on DJ Mule's stream, watching The World Is Not Ending. So it's all it's all about my big vid right now. Uh, and tomorrow we're going to watch it together and have a chat. So please come by. Yeah, that's uh, twitch.tv forward slash DJ M-U-E-L. Um, but oh yeah. of course, please go and support Sophie on the video as well. Um, give her a like, a comment, a subscribe, all that stuff. Um, uh-huh. But our comrades who aren't here, they've also got link trees. Uh, go yep. ahead and check out linktree.ee forward slash Conquest the Dread and also linktree.ee forward slash Kira Chats. They are great comrades. Uh, Kira streams, so does Tim. Uh, Tim's got a bunch of cool uh, uh, videos on YouTube that you can go and check out if you're interested in dual power. I know some of our uh, listeners are. Or hypothetical street battles in dystopian futures. Oh, hell yeah. You can check those out. And All right, Kira, and has some of the yeah. spiciest content uh, of, all, <laughs> of all time. And when I say spicy, it's definitely just trying spicy foods um, and not the other kind <laughs> of spicy. So, you know, you can go and check that out, can't you? All right. And our beautiful comrades will be back with us next week uh, as we are joined by guests from Disrupt Borough Hub, um, hopefully. But we'll see. Anyway, uh, have a lovely night, everyone. Bye. Have a great night. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Planet. If you enjoyed the show, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell all your comrades about it. Find more on the show, including where to watch live at redplanetshow.com. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok at red underscore planet underscore TV, and there's even more on our Patreon, patreon.com slash red underscore planet. Our music is by Jasper Byrne. Red Planet is produced by Comrades Zimmerman in association with Mercenary Creative. See you next week.